0: fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com and check out their latest and in stylist innovation at Club Forecast Salon on Instagram. As this podcast goes to air, it's a full moon lunar eclipse ending a two-year cycle of eclipses. This lunar eclipse brings strong energies of closure. Where does this show up for you? What needs to come to a close? Are you holding on longer than you need to? You may notice old energies that rise to the surface. Even if you thought some of these energies have been released, you may find yourself involved with them again as they make their final exit from your consciousness. Eclipses signify significant periods of change and transformation. While a solar eclipse, which we had on the new moon, opens the portals for new beginnings and change, a lunar eclipse reveals energies that help us complete a journey or shift our course in some way. Lunar eclipses are also much more emotionally charged compared to a solar eclipse because the moon is full and affects the emotional body to a greater degree. Yes, I'm already feeling that intensity myself. A lunar eclipse is an opportunity to create significant change in your life. Sometimes this could feel very abruptly as a lunar eclipse brings information to you kind of from out of the blue. You may find yourself surprised at some of the things you learn about yourself and others during this lunar eclipse. Lunar eclipses, like full moons, are revealing. They reveal the truth in an often dramatic way and let you learn things that change your life course. Of course, we're also in the sun sign of Scorpio, which could make it feel even more intense. Scorpio energies take us deeper into our psyche to help understand our patterns. So, how do you work with this? Well, I'd suggest slow down. Pull your energy into you. Notice what energies are you holding on to, what's yours, what's not. Release, especially. Those energies that aren't yours. And even your own. Let your emotions flow. Emotions are energy in motion. We don't need to hold on to them. Know that these changes are ones that can help you to move forward. I know, it can be hard to embrace change. We want to stay in our comfort zone, but that really is what the eclipses are about. Pushing us out of our comfort zone, through portals of energy, opening up to a new awareness and a new place for you to do your work. I know there's so much uncertainty out in the world, so tuning into you, knowing your mind, your emotions, your spirit, is so valuable right now. This time will allow you the opportunity to look within to the relationship that you have with yourself and your soul. Are you showing up differently than how you really want to show up? This is what the energies are asking you to understand right now. The Scorpio season can be a magical time that allows you to face your deepest shadows, to accept them and especially to grow from them. This season teaches you how to become your own chaman, alchemist, and witch, as we talked about last week, so that you can journey into the deepest layers of your being. It may require career shifts, big moves to new locations. It may even ask you to say goodbye to certain people or habits. Going within yourself, getting quiet, will help you to recognize what you can do for you. If you want to go deeper and learn some tools to help you upgrade your spiritual practice and create new agreements with yourself, schedule a spiritual makeover breakthrough call with me, and let's see how these practices can help you. Links are in the show notes. In today's episode and as we approach Halloween next week, I thought it might be a fun way to celebrate by talking about stones and crystals. They are mystical and can be magical. I know I can't go anywhere without some stones in my pockets and crystals in my jewelry. <laughs> are you like this? And especially this time of year with the veil thinning and the spirit world opening up, <laughs> feeling grounded and protected is crucial crystals I love my crystals I love my crystals I tend to hear a little girl singing that in my head all the time my inner child yeah probably So, a post from one of my upcoming guests, Nicholas Pearson, on his Instagram feed was about spooky stones. I thought it was a great topic for this podcast to introduce his newest book, Crystal Basics, Pocket Encyclopedia. He graciously agreed to come on a few weeks early to share his work. So, in this episode, we talk about so many great things, like Crystal's, of course, different ways of learning, how he views the crystal world getting to know your crystals, how they make you feel, and how it can help you to open your mind to your own way of thinking. Before we move into the interview, let's take a moment to pause and breathe and set an intention for this full moon eclipse. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, breathing up the body. And as you exhale, call all your energy into you, slowing down, grounding. Inhale, expanding the breath up the body. Exhale, pulling that breath all the way back down, calling in your spiritual body. Aligning right on top of the physical body. Centering. Grounding. Inhale, breathing up the body. And exhale, breathing all the way back down. Dropping into the heart, right into the deepest part. Feel that connection with your spirit and the greater spirit, source, creator. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved, protected, guided feeling all this energy coming in around you as we call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels for joy and love, the crystal beings for amusement and magnification, calling in your own spirit guides, taking a moment and feeling all this energy around you, supporting you, connecting you to your higher self, noticing where you are on this great wheel of life. Here we are in this cosmic force of energy. The portals are opening. The moon, the sun, the earth, all of the universal stars are aligning. We find ourselves in this portal of energy, allowing ourselves to see and hear and feel and know all that we need to know. And under this light of the moon and this eclipse energy, what can you let go of? What old energies no longer serve you? Take a moment. Bring this awareness in, inhaling. And as you exhale, just exhale it out. Energy follows intention. Release it all out around you. And then taking another deep inhale. Feeling this light, this absolute light, streams of grace from the cosmic forces, opening up, coming in through your energy fields, aligning you with this purpose, your path, and a whole new way for you. Taking another deep inhale and exhale, breathing all the way down deep into the earth, feeling the alignment of the chakras, the power of your solar plexus, the opening of your heart, the opening of the third eye, guiding bringing in the signs and messages for you to follow. Taking one more deep inhale, and exhale all the way down deep into the earth, grounding, centering, and as you're ready, blinking the eyes back open, coming back. So my guest today, Nicholas Pearson, has been immersed in all aspects of the mineral kingdom for nearly 30 years. As one of the leading voices in crystal healing today, he offers a unique blend of science and spirituality alongside a grounded practical approach to working with crystals. The author of several books, including The Seven Archetypal Stones, Crystals for Karmic Healing, Crystal Healing for the Heart. Foundations of Reiki Rehoyo, Stones of the Goddess, Crystal Basics, Flower Essences from the Witch's Garden, and the one he is here to talk about with us today, Crystal Basics Pocket Encyclopedia. In this book, Nicholas looks at 450 crystals, including familiar ones like agate, calcite, rose quartz, and hematite, as well as rare and unusual crystals such as phenakite, canvasite and yopalite which i had to look up some of which have never appeared in print each entry features a beautiful color photo of the stone and defines its physical emotional metaphysical healing properties and its corresponding chakra element planet and zodiac sign so let us welcome nicholas to the show welcome nicholas
1: thank you so much for having me on the show
0: and thank you for accommodating our schedule. I really appreciate that. I love what you've been doing. I love your book. I've already thrown it in my backpack several times, taking it out. So I think it's really awesome. So congratulations on your next book, your newest book, as you've written many. But I would like to start with telling our listeners, like what led you to writing this particular book, Crystal Basics?
1: You know, I have been in the crystal field for a long time. I've seen a lot of trends come and go, but... Um, when I launched my my last book about crystals, not my last book, but the last one on this topic, it was in 2020, and it was quite a large book. I wanted this kind of all-in-one resource for folks, everything on the how-to, the theory, the practice, the deep dive, and still give people a kind of sizable chunk of stones in there. So it had 200, and, um, you know, people loved it, but the... The most pervasive critique I got was on the size. It was just so big. And I thought, you know, pocket pocketbooks, little, little portable guides seem to do really well on the market. And there are so many crystals I didn't get to include in that book. What if I combined these two ideas into one and had a pocket guide with two and a half times as many crystals in it? And that gave me the opportunity to you know, be really succinct in the kind of introductory material, the preparatory techniques that we use, like finding crystals and cleansing crystals and programming or charging them and so on and so forth and cover a few other um, important topics while still devoting the bulk of the book to being a portable reference guide. And I wanted to ensure that I had um, lots of useful info in there while still being brief. So that way we can get things and in, in little bites of information to take with us as we go out into the world.
0: Yeah, I am a, a longtime holder of Harmony's book. And it's like this thick and it's very, very old. But one of the things that you did in your book that I love what she did then, and I was very new when I first started looking at her book, and I kind of didn't understand. Of course, I have a better understanding now. But in already what I've gotten comments on showing the book around is that you give different aspects, physical, psychological, spiritual, you give notes, you give the science composition of them as well. And I think it's like just enough for people to grasp. Well, I really love that you do it. I love that it's laid out. You've got the blue and the black. You know, it's really easy for everybody to kind of look at and see. So I think it's done really well. Congratulations.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: The crystal world is a big world. It really is, and I've studied it for a long time. My story is that I like downloaded from Lumarians all the information I needed, and then you know I've only taken really one class, but I feel like I know it. How do you feel like you first came into the whole world of crystals?
1: You know, I think my story resembles a lot of folks in that you know from an early age I loved rocks. I picked up rocks everywhere. Um, There was something about this kind of reassuring, grounding quality of these little bits of nature that I could take with me and that, you know, gradually blossomed into a a passion for minerals, for jewelry and gemstones, for geology. And um, at the ripe old age of eight, my grandfather gave him my first proper mineral specimen, which really kind of elevated my my desire to collect all of a sudden this pretty inert part of the landscape, you know, seemingly everyday kind of stone was transfigured into something luminous and angular and um, able to do unusual things with light. It felt like I was holding something straight out of, um, you know, a a storybook and in many ways I was. So, you know, thankfully I I grew up in a household where like learning was real high on our to-do list on a daily and weekly basis. And I spent so many hours learning about the the science of the natural world, but also equally as many hours learning about the the myth and legend and lore associated with natural phenomena from around the world. And um, fairly early on, I kind of noticed that no matter where you go in the world, certain themes feel pretty universal, fairly pervasive uh, in terms of how humans have related to the universe at large. And whether we are trying to quantify things and measure them through the scientific method or whether we're couching our descriptions in terms of um, spiritual lessons, philosophy, metaphor, and myth, we're still doing the same thing. We're, We're connecting to the universe and we're just trying to see how we fit in and how we can maybe have a sense of agency in that. So I found in the sphere of crystal healing the the perfect mixture of these two things the science and the spirituality i could be a total nerd and like just go into the geology and earth science but then i also could see connections between that and the historic traditions of working with various gems and the kind of modern day mystical approaches to crystal healing um and and that's that's kind of where i got to where i am today
0: yeah there there are a lot of theories out there about crystals can you charge them can you not do you need to clear them do you not But I personally think it's just like your personal experience. Like you said, you started early, you learned about the rocks and it just kept growing, growing. I taught my kids very early too. We have, they have their collection. They went off to school with, I have my collection. But I think that when we can really recognize they are living, they are living from the earth or from the sacred elements, they do react with us and they all do have a sacred structure as we do. And so I think it is fun when people start to really recognize, wow, this is more than something just looking pretty, well- Also looking pretty is kind of what attracted your vibration to it as well. So I do find it very fascinating. And I also get into the realm, I don't know if you do or not, but I also get into the realm of just like calling in the crystal beings. So if somebody doesn't have a particular crystal I'm teaching about, about, I talk about calling in that being to help us in that kind of realm as well. I do, but you
1: know, we have to be really clear on the line between perception and projection. And I think that unless we have a really firm background in understanding what these energies are, what the consciousness behind them is like, we we can we can do a little bit of, we'll say self-deception and, and think we're working with something outside of us when it's really inside of us. So I save that for more advanced work. I really want people to learn the fundamentals of the energies the personalities the pictures painted by these stones um, because that allows us to get into that space of relationship where we are collaborating with these consciousnesses rather than you know mandating or directing or uh, inventing something that might not be working the way we picture it as.
0: Yeah, I agree about the mandating, but I do agree with having the resonance, creating that relationship with it, really and noticing and allowing for the sacredness from which they come from, even the earth, you know, healing back to the earth. So I do agree with that. I do think it is a relationship that we create and, you know, start small, build it easy. You know, I do a lot of Reiki with stones. Reiki loves to work with the energy of that. And it really complements each other. My opinion, I work with, you know, crystals and color, bringing color through them too, just to enliven them. And I, so that's kind of my background of experience. And I think there's a lot we can do with them, but knowing how to work with them, I definitely agree. You know, feeling the resonance of them is really important. I definitely agree with that for sure. So you did catch my attention on your, your Instagram page talking about spooky stones for the holiday. And I thought that would be just such a fun topic to look at a little bit as we approach Halloween
1: yeah so i'm I'm making this my annual tradition for my Patreon crowd. I do some exclusive classes. Oh,
0: I didn't really realize that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, Thank you so much
1: my my most popular event I've done in the last twelve months was spooky Stones last year. so I decided i'd I'd revisit that with new rocks and um, it's really fun. I think so much of the kind of new age and metaphysical sphere focuses on, you know all the light and airy and joyful and loving expressions in the mineral kingdom. But you know, that has not always been what the dominant narrative has looked like. It's not always what the bulk of our lore about crystals looks like throughout history. There are some things that are a little spookier, a little more macabre, whether we're looking at the, the science, the formative processes, whether we're looking at cultural uses or you know whether we're looking at the chemistry, some things out there are just darn deadly and we got to know how to handle them safely. And that is, uh, I think, kind of a fun topic to broach. We, we get into the kind of sinister side of stones and um, we learn to treat things with respect. And we also learn to see things through other people's eyes. And that's a big part of what I do.
0: Mm, cognitive empathy, just really opening that perspective. I love that. Yeah. So give us a hint, one or two stones that you talk about with that. So
1: um, last year's class was divided into a few parts. I I talked about some famous gemstones that are purportedly cursed, one of which is Um, You know, we've got the Hope Diamond, which has a string of tragedies attached to it. We could look at the Mm. um, Daily Purple Sapphire, which is actually amethyst and and not sapphire. Similarly, kind of followed by a trail of misfortune. Uh, I looked at stones that we find in the landscape and standing stones and particularly in um, the UK that have some more malefic imagery. Uh, There's a great book that came out, I think, last December called Cloven Country that looks at these geomyths, stories related to the landscape that all have a kind of devilish otherworldly um, take on them. So this year, we'll take a look at some of those myths that I didn't cover last year. Uh, and then I also looked at things that, you know, either have folklore attached to them, something like gryphia fossils, which are kind of a, a, a bivalve mollusk, you know, like a clamor and oyster um, that are, are popularly known as devil's toenails or limonite pseudomorphs after pyrite which are known as devil's dice they form these little cubes and um, there's some interesting lore and imagery connected to them and then also we look at things that are just fun and silly like um, last year we talked a bit about black kyanite which uh, resembles a classic witch's broom and you know this year we'll be talking about phantom quartz and uh, we'll take a look at some toxic minerals some things that require a little Um, safe handling skills and are spooky for that reason. So it's, it's a, it's a really fun conversation to have with people.
0: Oh my gosh. That sounds so much fun. It really does. Some of those I recognize. Some I, I have to say, I really wasn't sure. I love phantom courses. I love phantom courses. I really do. And I was actually out in Arkansas a couple of summers ago. Now I miss going up to the phantom courts mine, but we met So many great people out there and did so many different minds and brought back so many Arkansas stones, but I do love the Phantom Quartzes. I think they're so amazing. Earth healing, inner child healing, and however else you might teach with them, but I do love those as well. I was down in Mexico a couple of times recently and really fell in love with the Black Obsidian, the shiny, the gold, the silver, the rainbow, and just really love it so much and have noticed a lot of how it works for me. And it came in very handy on the eclipse the other day, looking through it. That was really awesome. What would be one tip that you could offer somebody brand new to crystals to start with?
1: You know, my favorite piece of advice is start with what you love. There are almost 6,000 named mineral species.
0: Wow. And,
1: you know, if we look at something like jasper, agate, chalcedony, those come in so many different colors. Geologically, they're only one mineral. It's all the same minerals. It's quartz. So, you know, we might have almost 6,000 things that are valid mineral species, but some of them have hundreds, maybe even thousands of different permutations out there in the world. So the the sheer variety is staggering, it's overwhelming. It's not your job to be the expert overnight. It's nobody's job to be the expert overnight. Uh, here I am, 30 plus years of study, I'm still learning new things every single day. And I hope it will remain that way forever. And I guarantee it will be. So start with the things that call to you, that attract your eye, your heart, your spirit, your mind, your soul, uh, whatever that sense of resonance is, begin there. And, you know, pursue this with wonder. If you're not deriving joy from it, there's probably something not working right for you. So I love to set up beginners with um, a series of exercises that I just call crystal contemplations. And I try not to make them sound too much like formal exercises, because who wants homework, right? But, you know, find the rock you wanna partner with, whether it's a humble stone from your environment, a beautiful polished something you got from the store, a high-end mineral specimen, it doesn't matter. Find the best lighting you can and just ooh and ah over it. Turn it in the light, explore its surfaces. If it's transparent or translucent, see how light passes through. If it's unpolished, take a look at all of those faces. Look in every nook and cranny, explore every texture. And as you do this, while the conscious mind is really engaged, it makes space for the subconscious and the superconscious to get involved in this conversation. And you start to notice trends over time. Wow, every time I pick up some lipidolite, I have the same sense of calm. Or, you know, when I hold all these iron minerals, there's a kind of weight I become aware of in my body. Or, you know, maybe you have some more specific imagery, more personal imagery that comes up for you. But the more we do this, the more we hold space without expectation, without trying to project what we think is going to happen, no anticipations, then the more we're going to have these authentic experiences. And over time, we get to see how our energy responds to that crystal's energy because it's it's never really as simple as this crystal does blank oh i so agree oh my gosh i so agree yeah i was in the jewelry industry in my previous life
0: in new york so i was first in the whole diamonds and you know stones up at tiffany's and you know setting them and stuff like that so that's kind of where i came in and then eventually taught myself all about the stones up and down you know sixth avenue learning and learning and feeling and understanding but i totally agree with that and You know, wearing it, holding it, having it, being in its presence, I 100% think that's the way to do it. Because we can read books all day long. And yes, they're great for references. And I still go to the book. Sometimes my stones call me, use me, use me. I still make jewelry. But I think that look it up, check it out. And like you said, it's like, how do you feel about it? Because maybe it will resonate. And sometimes I do the same thing. Worked with citrine forever and didn't realize some of the other properties I had overlooked digestion of life and, you know, things like that. It's like, wow. So yeah, I continue to learn new things every day. I think there are a lot of ites coming out, ITE stones on the end. I don't know. There seems like a lot of those coming forward. Yeah. So what would you say is your overall mission? I mean, I can understand making the book portable and easy for people to look up and carry, but what is your overall mission? Let's just open it up, not only in this book, but in the other books that you've written in the work that you're doing. You know, I
1: think there are a couple of common themes in all the work that I do, whether it's writing, whether it's teaching, whether it's, you know, using platforms like this. Um, And, you know, a big part of it, like my my not so secret ulterior motive I've got in everything I do is teaching people how to think for themselves. Uh, Like you said, the reference tools are great, but every book has a bias even my own i i try to be cognizant of that i try to reduce it wherever possible but everything's got to be filtered through someone's human experience and um you know specifically when it comes to crystals the same therapeutic mechanism the same action that a crystal takes in my life will look different than in someone else's life even though it's the same energetic principles i have different baggage i have a different story so you know we have to be open to receiving how that influences us on a personal level. It's also good to like zoom out and see the big picture and see what that broader mechanism of action might be. Um, But, you know, getting people to be empowered to think for themselves, to not outsource their own authority, their their own ability to you know make decisions. I get so many questions all the time. What does it mean when, you know, I feel this? Can you tell me what that means? And almost invariably, I never tell them what it means because I'm not them. Right? right that's that's yeah. not my job my job is to help them get to that place yeah and you know one of the other things that i i really do with all of my work no matter what field i'm writing or teaching or working in um is tackling misinformation and disinformation and that's really really rampant in the crystal world but it's also extant in so many other places and you know those critical thinking skills that that we learn on the micro level, how does this crystal apply to my life? We can also apply to the macro level. Like, you know, what is this story really telling about something in the field? And especially if we don't always take things at face value. So those are some things I love doing because I am a perennial student. The reason I love to teach is because I love to learn and I want to make learning fun and accessible for others through lots of different media.
0: Which we so need today, helping people to really think for themselves. So I honor you for that. Thank you so much because it's so needed right now. It really is. So what a great and fun way to do that. I really can appreciate that. Yeah. So where would you like to have people find your work? What else is going on? Tell us about how to get on your Patreon. Tell us about that too.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. So I'm pretty active on social media, particularly on Instagram. So you can find me at the luminous pearl in most places, Instagram, Instagram. TikTok, Facebook. I've also got a website, theluminouspearl.com. I've got a calendar of events there that shows all my up and coming stuff. I keep a pretty active schedule of online and in person events. I've got a monthly Reiki share that I do online. I often travel to teach the system of Reiki at a really high level to folks around the world. I um, do these master classes and other Patreon exclusive content kind of stuff. So if you you want to find that, follow me on social media. You can subscribe to the newsletter. You can um, visit the website and look at the calendar. All of those will be great places to see what I'm doing and, and where I'll be doing it.
0: Excellent. That sounds very exciting and lots of fun. Yeah, for sure. As we go to close, I like to come back and ask the question, how do you feel that doing the work that you do, especially with crystals, can help to empower the spirit right
1: now? You know, I think the, the magic of working with stones and like really doing the work, really showing up for it is that we learn the value of collaboration, of cooperation, of co-creation. These are not inert tools that we use to achieve an ends. They are consciousness. They are inspirited beings just like we are. And it's our job to show up for them the same way we expect them to show up for us. And if we can do that with a rock, We can do that for another human, for any being, in any kind of body, in any part of the cosmos. So um, I really think that's the deeper kind of empowerment of spirit we get from learning to work with the mineral kingdom.
0: Co-creation. They are consciousness. Yeah. And what a fun way to learn about it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Your book is awesome. We'll put some links for all of that in the show notes. Thank you to your spirit. Namaste. Thank you. Yes, be in wonder. The stones and crystals do hold consciousness. And maybe you can feel the magic these beings bring us. Start small and get to know each crystal you encounter. And as Nicholas offers, open your awareness and allow the crystals to help you think for yourself and know your own mind. Be sure to check out all of Nicholas's books and his work. The links will be in the show notes. And ask your local bookstores for his crystal basic book. And if you're in the Birmingham area, Ritual and Shelton Homewood can help you with these. Not to forget their amazing crystal selection. It is time to let go of the old patterns, the worry, the fear. Embrace your spirit and allow yourself to move through these portals of energy, all for your highest good. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste. The 2023 Reiki Rays Global World Summit is here. Register now for free. The Inner Garden of Light is the theme this year. Rooting ourselves in Reiki practice for personal and global healing. Yes, and I will be talking about how working with Reiki and the Akashic Records can help you to release old karmic patterns. Save the date, November 11th through 15th. It's a global online event. Register now and receive your free summit gifts. The link to register will be in the show notes.